This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Friday edition of Kelly and Company here with Danielle McLaughlin and Ramia Amadin. If you want to get a hold of us, give us some feedback. Maybe you want to join the conversation about lettuce. Uh, you can call us, 1-866-509-4545. If you leave us a message you want us to play on air, please give us permission. Also, feedback at ami.ca is our email address. And on social media, particularly on Twitter, you can find us at AMI Audio. That's the handle. Now, as usual, Wednesdays and Fridays, we like to check in with Grant Hardy. And he uh, joins us with a little bit of health on Wednesdays, a little bit of lifestyle on Fridays, and maybe some things in between. Grant, are you enjoying your Friday so far? Yeah. Um, can I just say, let us talk about some headlines? Yeah. Oh, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> the warm-up puns. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to be a little more warm and fuzzy than our first headline here, which talks about something that I think a lot of people will have heard of with a, a telecommunications company. Maybe you've been getting your a note about this on your bill. But uh, businesses in Canada can now actually add surcharges to your bills when you pay using a credit card. The new rules uh, are a result of a settlement in a long-running class uh, action legal battle launched by merchants against Visa and MasterCard and financial institutions. So credit card companies had long resisted allowing businesses to pass on these transaction fees as it could lead consumers to switch to payment uh, other payment methods to avoid the additional costs. So the fees have, have are, are always been there. They've just been paid by businesses. The fee is applicable to any credit card transaction, not just retail ones. This means purchases in person, online, over the phone, including subscriptions and bills, can be subject to a transaction fee if the business decides to include it. The new fees will be applied at the merchant's discretion anywhere in Canada, except for uh, Quebec, where the Consumer Protection Act prohibits it. Uh, credit card companies say the average fee is 1.4%, but it can go all the way up to a cap of 2.4% for oh small goodness. merchants and for expensive cards. Uh, obviously, this is going to directly impact those rewards cards that if you live in my family we're constantly uh, talking about how many points and stuff we're earning on our cards uh, my question really just thinking about this is uh, you know it's a tough one because people have always said this like businesses are getting charged this fee my thing is I feel that businesses at this point will already have kind of integrated this into their pricing in general. So what I would love to see are just discounts for customers who choose to use other types of payments, but not actually increasing the price more. I, I feel like for the average Canadian with inflation and everything like that happening, not sure what you guys think. 
Uh, but this is going to just feel like more nickel and diming. Plus for us, uh, for those of us in the disability community, uh, credit cards just offer, especially with tap to pay and mobile phone payments, they offer just such an accessible, uh, relatively accessible, because you still can't see the terminal, which is going to be interesting too, because you may not actually see that this fee is being charged, uh, but a relatively accessible uh, payment option, which will now kind of be at a disadvantage uh, if we have to start using cash or, or debit cards, which can be a little more complicated. Now, Grant, is this just the um, uh, the retailer or the financial institution passing along what they have to pay to the credit card companies to the consumer, or is yeah, this an is additional correct. thing? Ah, this, okay. this is something that has been charged for years and decades. People have said this for, again, a, a, a long time. This is not a new fee, uh, but I guess contractually, you just weren't able to actually pass this on to customers. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, you know, I would find there's a little bit of pushback, understandable pushback if you went to buy a, you know, a $1 candy bar using your credit card right. um but uh but the new thing here is that consumers must be aware that any business anywhere in canada except quebec can now charge this fee and while there are some obligations about posting signs and stuff like that to advise of the fee and indicating it on the terminal uh, those signs may well be invisible to someone like me right yeah that's true. And also, you know, does this make it inaccessible on other levels for people, right? So readily having to have cash or uh, funds in your debit cards and not have to borrow, like eliminate or reduce the amount of time that you have to borrow because they've now attached a fee onto it. In the yeah, long I think run, that's... it feels like it might be a better idea and that we don't use as much credit. And, and loan money, but uh, I don't know. Sorry, you were going to say? Yeah, no, for sure. And just the idea that it's just so easy to tap your phone and you get kind of an accessible, not exactly a receipt, but you do get kind of an accessible record, at least of your transaction. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that, you know, some people do certainly use credit cards as a high interest loan uh, but a lot of people just use credit cards as kind of a convenient way of paying yep. since it does come with those rewards sometimes protection uh, and and also protection against uh, loss and theft you know someone steals your credit card and runs it up like chances are if you call and report it you may not be responsible for those mm. charges with cash or a debit card your debit card may have a pin but if someone gets their hands on that uh you certainly can go after them but meanwhile you're out that money yeah, yeah i don't i know it doesn't seem and, quite fair no it doesn't and i'm curious about if this like imagine everybody who's aware of this now and we as we should be right uh says okay i guess i'm not using a credit card anymore does this mean the end of credit cards are we going back to cash that's what I'm wondering about. I don't <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be happy about that. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see kind of how much uh, 
pushback we get here, and, and we may only have a few businesses that actually end up passing uh, this fee along, but I certainly think it's going to make people think a little bit more about yeah. where their money is actually going. And coming from. All right. What else do you have for us? This is a good All one. right. So we are going to switch in a different direction here. I apologize. I think there's a little bit of a delay on this connection. If it sounds to listeners like I'm interrupting or something, I think it's just a delay. Uh, no, no worries. So we'll move on. Uh, we have some tips from conflict resolution expert Amy Gallo uh, for dealing with difficult people, like especially difficult uh colleagues uh, from her book, Getting Along. Uh, there are nine of them, so I won't give you all of them, but just a, a sort of a taster. Uh, you know, focus on what you can control. A few people alter their behavior because someone else wants them to. They do it if they want to. So focus on what you can control, like uh, providing more frequent feedback, um, uh, she also says, uh, your perspective is just one perspective. Other people may see the problematic person differently, or perhaps you are all missing some important factor causing the bad behavior. She recommends asking yourself what assumptions you made and how you might be wrong in your assessment of the situation. Uh, beware of your biases. Check what biases you may be influenced by. Notably, notably, the affinity bias, which is an unconscious tendency to get along with people who are like us. I definitely see that in myself. And the confirmation bias, which is interpreting events or evidence uh, to confirm our existing beliefs. Oh, yeah, definitely have that, too. Uh, don't make it me against them. Uh, that just polarizes the situation. Instead, you want to see it uh, instead of as two opposing factions. Uh, imagine three sort of factions or things in this situation. You, your colleague, and the dynamic between you. Mm. Uh, rely on empathy to see things differently and know your goal. Like if your goal is not getting stuck in long discussions with your colleague, uh, that might be different than if your goal is sort of influencing your colleague to maybe change their behavior. And last but not least, don't gossip. Although she does say that sometimes, she doesn't exactly call it gossip, but sharing your perspective with a trusted person can be very helpful, but that's different than sort of randomly gossiping around the office, which everybody, everybody does. A lot of people do, and it can look unprofessional. What do you guys think of these tips? Well, you know, that's interesting, Grant, because I think there's a kind of fine line between gossiping and sharing information. Um, you know, if, if you're talking about your, your colleague's uh, private life that has nothing to do with their work, then that's gossip. But if, mm -hmm. if you're talking about something in their private life that's having an impact on their their work, so for example, you're saying, you know, we should be aware that so-and-so is having a really rough time because of some factor in their life and we need to be kinder. I don't think that's exactly gossip, although it, it might be sharing information that isn't uh, necessarily directly related to the workplace. I, I think those are difficult things to, to distinguish sometimes. What do you think? 
Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that. And and honestly, I think there's sort of a difference between like, listen, just wanted, you know, you guys to know, I, th- I think this person is a little upset today with some, you know, some family stuff going on. Maybe we can just sort of bear that in mind versus like kind of just talking about people in, in a, a negative way behind mm. their back. You know, it's kind of interesting because I find for myself as someone I I keep sort of chalking everything up to to disability, but I I suppose I find since I'm someone who already misses some cues like eye contact and body language and stuff like that, one one thing that really kind of gets my back up is thinking that other people are sort of talking about me without me being able to share my side of the story. So I think that's maybe Mm -hmm. maybe what she's getting at, but... um, you know, there's sort of a difference between like talking to your partner or a really, really trusted person about what's going on versus just kind of gossiping around the office. But absolutely fair point, Danielle, that sometimes we can't keep everything private and it's important to mm. share some details to influence also our perspectives for the, the better. The why yeah. around why you're sharing, right? Like in both of your mm. examples of the the reasonable way to share is because you want to keep empathy and kindness in mind. And another reason might be because, you know, and I've, I have this um, pretty often where I'm, I, I get stuck in this loop of, well, it's them against me. But when you're sharing, mm. you might want you do that because you deliberately want the other person to bring something to the table that you may not have already seen um, or understood, right? Like a broader perspective of what's happening in the situation or why this person is uh, triggering you, whatever it may be. So um, I actually, yeah, I appreciated this article and all the different tips. Yeah, I think this is going to be super useful for me to kind of save in my back pocket here and not only for work, but also for um, just in general, interpersonal mm-hmm. communication. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Yeah. I, I think that, that sometimes there, there are a few tools. One of them is humor. You know, sometimes you can kind of joke with somebody who's being very, very prickly and that, that can, that can help. Not always. Sometimes it's definitely the wrong thing to do, but uh, every now and then it, it it is helpful. And sometimes just quietly listening to somebody who's yes. who wants to complain. You don't have to offer a solution. Just just listen. That's mm-hmm. all. Healthy you guys ways. Ever had, yeah, yeah. You guys ever had those moments where you thought you were being kind or funny or something like that, and all of a sudden the person sort of got up with you and then you realize like yeah. oh wow there's some definitely some miscommunication here definitely yes. we'll discuss that on part two of lifestyle grant thank you so much all right guys cheers <laughs> taking a break we'll be back with the app update john beeler's here for that I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.